Hey, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Finding Peaks. Yours truly, president and founder, Christopher Michael Burns, also known as the company cheerleader and um, yeah, like, motivator of some sorts, I yeah, remember. Director of motivation? Director of motivation. Chief motivation officer? Chief motivation officer. <laughs> uh, followed by my co-host, our chief clinical officer, Jason Friesma, um, and our guest today, Sylvan Wolf who is an amazing professional, but even better human. So excited to have him on the show. Um, Sylvan Wolf is our intake coordinator. He has also worked with Peaks as a client care aide um, uh, for what, a couple years? Yeah. About a year and a half, yeah. two years. So grateful to have Sylvan on the show. I can't wait to jump into the topic. What I really am excited to talk about today, and I've had the opportunity to meet with Sylvan over the last year, every couple of weeks on the personal side and mm -hmm. talk about professional stuff as well. And, I just want to do a deep dive on your experience personally um, throughout uh, getting into recovery and what that looked like, the overcoming of adversity, sure. kind of what you walked through a little bit there okay. and what you found. And then we'll get into kind of the professional side, but I want to allow for you to kind of uh, introduce the folks to kind of what I would consider one of the most authentic recovery stories I've ever been a part of. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, my name is Sylvan and I'm an addict. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd just start with that um, because that's what I'm used to. A large part of my story is 12-step. Um, mm -hmm. um, that said, I didn't start there. Um, I would try to find anything else that worked, mm -hmm. um, anything else. I had a lot of ideas. Um, I started using drugs and alcohol in all forms. Um, at about eight years old, it really became a daily thing, um, 13, 14, mm -hmm. marijuana. Um, so with that, uh, turned into alcohol, opiates, which then turned into heroin, meth, all the good stuff. Um, and, and it was so confusing, actually, to all of a sudden be a junkie, right? I used that word um, because that's, that's what it was. I, I, I hated myself, honestly. Um, so yeah, I, I started going to treatment centers when I was about 19. Um, the awful experience of opiate withdrawal would become um, a weekly, if not monthly thing. Um, that is super traumatic, and if anybody else has walked through it, they know that. Um, detoxes at first, right? And then um, Parker Valley Hope. Uh, I went there four times. And um, then from there, I went, um, well, luckily you guys were working with Parker Valley mm -hmm. Hope. Um, I heard of the six month treatment center um, that drove their clients around in Mercedes vans, so that stood out. Um, <laughs> At least you didn't get us in the beginning when we had the jalopy. Yeah. <laughs> no seatbelts. Something about $100 a week. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, fortunately at the time, um, I was homeless and um, I mean, just desperate, so desperate. Um, couldn't figure it out, man. Um, Brandon came and picked me up, gave me a tour. That was really cool. He bought me a pack of cigarettes when I'm sure he wasn't supposed to. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm just, oh, just so grateful. 
I can't begin to describe it um, because I came to Peaks and for the first time I felt seen um, in that place of early recovery, right? That's where I am just, I feel psycho. I, I don't know um, what's happening inside of me. I'm detoxing, I was detoxing from Suboxone at the time. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was hell at first. I was taught to work out. Um, we didn't have anything else to do. You just drop us at the gym. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, that was back when we had to go to 24. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I ended up getting a job through there because it just starts to work out, right? Um, when, when you're showing up and um, things just start to fall into place, it's really, really cool. So yeah, I um, went to Peaks, did six months there and uh, came straight from the homeless shelter uh, to Parker Valley Hope to you guys. Mm -hmm. And man, um, there's a lot there. There really is a lot of gratitude today um, and a lot of stories. Um, but anyway, I um, went from there, relapsed, because sometimes that happens, mm -hmm. and um, I just, I needed to come home. The Springs is my home. I could not uh, make it in Denver. I just mm -hmm. couldn't. Um, that's where I ran. And when I came back here, I just, I didn't know that I already built my community through Peaks. Mm -hmm. And that's what was so cool is like, I, I had a place to land came back here and um, got a job at Peaks as a CCA. And that was it, you could, uh, life could end right there, I'd be good, right? <laughs> yeah. um, that was never gonna happen, that was never gonna happen. I was mm -hmm. the guy that was never gonna get this, mm -hmm. seriously. Um, and, I, and I'm fascinated that I'm in recovery today. It, and Peaks is a, huge part of that yeah you really thank you for sharing that so beautifully man and it, it's interesting to think because you know back in peaks culture in 2016 early 2017 you know we were going to 12-step meetings each mm. and every day yeah and i want to I don't, I don't know that you were resistant to that process but you're out there laying the groundwork for a community that you would return to yeah. several months later um, to be invited back into the recovery community and i know that you have a very strong foothold in mm -hmm. the 12-step community, and that's what you use for your community-based resource. But what has that, differently than potentially the relationship you have, you know, like with a family of origin um, and your primal people, mm -hmm. what have the men and women of 12-step, the people that have shown up for you, what has that meant for you, and what story have it been able to allow yourself to tell that you weren't able to tell when you first got to Peaks? Mm. Well, um, I, I, I tried some NA stuff out in uh, Denver. Um, I, I was a meeting goer, not a step worker, yeah. essentially. Um, I, I felt good and kind of thought that, well, the things that you can, the things you hear in meetings, first of all, um, you kind of pick what you want to hear in the beginning. It's, mm -hmm. very, it's very weird. Um, but you go to enough of them and the people who initially upset you um, 
um, you start to see them in a new light and then you also start to hear the solution, which has been happening the whole time actually. Um, and so that said, I, I am really blessed that um, you guys were like, hey, it's AA and we're, we're doing this. And I was completely adverse to that. Yeah. Um, I was like, NA is my heart and AA is old people who don't want heroin addicts in the meeting, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there, there are sick people everywhere you go. If you choose to see them, you will find them. Um, so yeah, I uh, went to almost two meetings every day through Peaks, mm -hmm. and you know, I I was apathetic, right? I had I had some adversity, but then um, it was just apathy. What what stood out to me was the other men that I went through this process with, that I mean, were just like no, no twelve step, sorry, mm -hmm. no. Well, sorry, you're going. Um, that was kind of the approach back then. Um, and, and I watched these men uh, have sponsees six months later, right? Have a life in the community. And it, it just so happens, I believe, that 12-step uh, can meet you exactly where you're at. And it happens to hit on key points that can reach a large diversity of people and help them recover, yeah. right? Community, um, humility through the higher power stuff, right. that can be difficult, uh, but it is of your own choosing, so there's that. And um, I don't really know if I'm answering your question, honestly, I'm just kinda no, throwing it, it out there. It really, yeah. it, you are, you're, you're heading on it perfectly because I think <clears throat> when we're connected with a whole heart and counterbalancing within a community of recovering individuals, mm. we can really propel that recovery story fo forward yeah. and get, I think, what we're all chasing, which is like, just give me some clarity. Like, where do I go next? Who am I doing it with? And yeah. why does it matter? Yeah. And it wasn't until, and I have a very similar experience in 12-step now. I've, um, I haven't been in that for a long time. My recovery is a bit different, but I still mm -hmm. have a tremendous amount of love mm. for that group of people that enabled me to tell a story in a more authentic way. I mean, had it not been for that stepping stone for me, we most certainly wouldn't be here. It's so funny how it shifted. When you met me, I'm like 12, yeah. 12, 12, 12. Yeah. And now, now we're like over here, I'm like, I haven't been in a while. And you're like 12. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. It's really cool. And just because I don't go to Alcoholics Anonymous anymore and just because I don't go pick up a chip there, it doesn't mean that I don't have a tremendous amount of gratitude for the sure. men and women that showed up for me and treated me like family. Yeah. How has it been for you, Jason? Because Jason, even though he's not in recovery um, for substances and not mm. in the 12 steps, he actually was a big pusher of the 12-step program. I think we all were because mm. it was one of the, it was the greatest value-based resource we have. Yeah. And maybe that we still have, but we've started to create broadness in our approach to aftercare planning and a more individualistic, individualized approach. But how has it been for you, Jay? Because you and I used to sit around and say, hey, it's gotta be two meetings a day, man. We gotta get you a sponsor. First week, let's go. We're calling him every day. We're meeting him with him weekly. How has this shift been for you? Yeah, I, I think it's been interesting. And really, you know, from the clinical lens, like uh, people that are struggling with substance use also usually have a lot of psychosocial stressors, we call them, that are uh, creating problems, and one of them is certainly uh, a disconnection from community. Mm. And I suspect, uh, Sylvan, when, you, when you're homeless on the street, there's people around, 
but yeah. there's not a lot of community around. And certainly adding um, a 12-step meeting to somebody's life can be so empowering because you go from nobody around and nobody understands me and, and honestly, quite frankly, usually thinking you're the worst person on the planet yeah. or there's no way to save me. And then yeah. uh, you get around a bunch of other people that have walked uh, similar steps as you and, and have, has, have similar experiences. That, that sense of community and building that community, I think, is so um, incredibly important. And, and, you know, it's interesting, Chris, like I, when I look at the 12 steps, what I really am drawn to so much in, in the AA community is actually the 12 traditions, which really kind of keeps people from profiting from it yeah. and, and um, you know, making the community the actual thing that matters most, not necessarily uh, the, uh, the personalities, but just really kind of the people around and, yeah. and, the, and the structure of the program. Yeah. Principles I, before personalities. Yeah, and yeah. I love what you hit on too, man. You really explained the approach of 12-step very eloquently. Now, it won't fit for some people, but mm -hmm. man, what a thing to be written in 1935 and still speak to anyone. Oh, man. Anyone, right? And it, still, it speaks to a lot of people. And, mm -hmm. um, so I really appreciate you checking in with that. And, and Sylvan is still an avid member of the 12-step community, sponsors people. Yeah. He's a champion for marginalized communities. I mean, he is a champion for a lot of things, but specifically recovery and vulnerable people. Um, but over the last year, you and I have had the opportunity to meet and discuss different issues and, and different opportunities that we could move into in an effort to be great for the people that we want to be great for. Yeah. Um, and you've taken some suggestions in that, and you've done kind of your own journey um, kind of on the clinical side outside of 12-step. And what has that done for you a bit differently that maybe has supported your 12-step approach or just really created a nice, beautiful foundation maybe that you couldn't see? Yeah, before. good question. Yeah, I, I came to find over time um, working with guys that sometimes we can't address the trauma um, um, it, as much as we need to for some people through a um, strict recovery path, right? Um, I do believe I needed a restricted recovery path in the beginning, right? Um, but that, that has to start opening up, um, or you may not be of help uh, like you could. Right. And so I, I started doing SE, somatic experiencing. Um, I, I didn't really notice much of uh, the results. Others kind of told me uh, that I um, wasn't as nervous or something, super nervous right now, but that's for other reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, I, yeah, I just slowly began to just feel more comfortable in my skin. Um, it has aided my ability to help the still suffering addict. And now we're approaching mental health and I, I love that there's something there um, that I, I didn't know I had to offer and that I could. Um, and yeah, I, I think that as long as I remain open um, and try new things in an effort to grow, that it's gonna be okay, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, uh, they, they've been great and I'm sure I'll try something new next year. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, lo I love how you said that too, man. It's just like when we look down at the toolkit, you know, did I put another arrow in my quiver? Yeah. And that's kind of how you describe that. And it's like, it's another arrow. It's another opportunity yeah. for another situation. And what a concept, man, being safe in my body, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. really, really difficult. And I would have told you probably at six years sober and 12 step, haven't worked the steps five to 10 times, sponsored a lot of guys, dude, I'm safe in my body. Mm. But I actually never unzipped the bottom part of my backpack. You know, mm. I only open the top, um, but there's this bottom compartment that I didn't want anybody to see. Um, and that's for me in that SE work that I was able to explore, identify, and move through. And a lot like you, and I know I'm one of those people that have mentioned it to you, but the stillness, yeah. right? Feeling safe in my body and comfortable in different scenarios. I think that's what that SE work has done for me and, and what I've seen it clearly do for you as a person and as a professional. And as someone in recovery, I, um, I think for most, if not all of my life, I was constantly trying to change the way I feel because it was, it wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. I think some people confuse, um, why somebody may use a substance. Uh, they may think, well, is the high that great that you would do this to your family? Mm -hmm. And my argument, while I believe you're accountable for your actions, uh, regardless, um, it's just helped me understand a little bit more of maybe why I acted the way I did. And um, I lost where I was going with that. And really offer yourself to, I think you were leaning into, to be able to give yourself more grace, mm. right? And insert that for yourself. And when I can insert grace for myself, give myself like, dude, you're doing. Yeah. I can then give that and deliver that in an right. authentic and vulnerable way to the people that you do. You know, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Proud of you, man. It's, it's been a really cool journey. Now, now we're here at Peaks. He's back at Peaks. He's our intake coordinator. Um, and Sylvan stepped away for... About six months. Six months? Yeah. S Sylvan got an awesome opportunity. Um, it was the first position, one of the first positions yeah. in Colorado Springs. Yeah. He got hit up by um, the fire department mm -hmm. and went down there and was their first recovery navigator. And just a really cool position because if you know anything about Sylvan, as he says, he's he started out there and now he's in here. And yeah. There is no one better at triage recovery than Sylvan Wolf. He is the type of guy that will walk into the community into someone who's homeless and sit with them and hold space with them in a very, very intimate way. And so when this position came up for this recovery navigator, that's what it was. It was going into the community and making sure that these people knew that there were resources and knew that they were worth and valuable enough to receive these resources. And so when you told me about the job, I was like, dude, if that's not called Sylvan's job, I don't know what right, is. Right. And you went over there for six months and you had a good experience and you grew through that process, but I think you always knew in some way, shape or form that you would find yourself back at peaks. But maybe chat with us a little bit towards the end of the show here on what you gained from that experience and how it's made you better um, through, your journey, or through your role today at peaks. Well, um, when I started as a CCA, uh, I, I kind of already was like, what's going to be next down the line, right? This is awesome. I love this. Um, I grew into that. I got good at that. Um, but ultimately, uh, Peaks has been a safe place for me, right? And I think I needed to see myself 
leave for a bit, mm -hmm. um, try new things. Mm -hmm. And I, I got to uh, get closer with the community, the homeless community, the incarcerated community, um, and really still see myself thrive there, learn some case management skills, um, experience um, some heavy stuff, and it, it, it was growth, right? Regardless, I couldn't wait to come back, um, and I'm so glad I have, yeah. Yeah, I was sitting with Sylvan, and he goes, am I eligible for rehire? I said, next week, let's go. He's like, okay. I said, of course you are, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it, was, it was a couple week process, but it's, it's been really great seeing you back on campus. And I just feel like, like I need to say this, because I think sometimes when we bring stories in here, for some viewers, it's like, whoa, that's, that's intense. That's mm. a lot. Um, those substances are scary. Right. The stories on the street, that's, whoa, yeah. I'm not there. I want to define for the viewers just how thin that razor's edge, that cliff's edge, when we are out there trying to get safe, cope with substances. Yeah. The, the distance between Chris Burns sitting in this chair as the president and founder and living in a cardboard box out there is so slim, Yeah. right? And so I just want to offer up grace for some of these stories and a little bit of compassion because um, I've met amazing people that unfortunately find themselves under a bridge today. Mm -hmm. um, and it could have been me, and I'm so grateful, uh, but for the grace of God, I get to kind of sit here and share with you all. Um, but it's a thin line, and it's a razor's edge, and we have been really lucky to be in here and be on this recovery side and walk with people into Peaks Recovery. So thanks for coming on, man. So glad to be here. Yeah, really Thank appreciate you. you. Thanks, Jason. Um, thank you all. It has been absolutely amazing. Please check us out this Sunday at 6 p.m. You can find us on all of your podcasts. I think I saw us on Spotify the other day. Of course, we're on TikTok, TikTok, TikTok Instagram, Facebook. Check us out, man. We're bringing on great professionals, but even better humans. See us next time. Peace. Peace.